Hi, this is Steve Englehart, and you're listening to the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to episode 51 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. This is your host, Rick Verbanis, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Bob Lucius. Bob? Gruz got. <laughs> I've got the booze. Who's no, no. got? What's no, that? No, no, Bob. No, it's Gruz got. Gruz got? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What, what, is that? what does that mean, Rick? Well, Bob, that's an Austrian greeting. It is. It, it is. It is. It's, it's, it's on the formal side because, you know, yeah, I, I like well, to keep my relationship with you very formal. I appreciate, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yes, yes. But yeah, it, uh, but yeah it's an I Austrian. I am married, you know, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it, but it's an Austrian greeting. And, uh, you know, I thought it was apropos yeah. for uh, what the story we're covering today. Why, why would that be, Rick? Well, Bob, I'm glad you asked. Mm-hmm. We are going to be covering Captain America Volume 1, Issues 161 and 162. And this is a uh, pretty cool two-part story written by Steve Englehart. It um, brings back two characters that have only been seen slightly, just a, just a brief time in Cap's history. But for some reason, Steve Englehart decided to bring back both for this story and one of them happens to be dr faustus oh yes and uh he is a a uh, psychiatrist mm-hmm. from austria originally wow it's austria i you know i i uh, is that meant i had i i don't know maybe i forgot that a lot i didn't know he was austrian I thought maybe yes. german or well uh, you know austrian now here's a funny story mm-hmm. um i'm austrian but uh, you wouldn't know by looking at me. You, you see my 50% Irish side when you can probably see me. But, mm-hmm. but my dad was Austrian and, and, and a mix of other things. And um, so we, I always grew up because dad said, he, you know, his dad was from Austria. And um, so, okay. And then after my dad passed, uh, I, uh, I was working at a, uh, an Italian restaurant and the, one of the, the, the chefs there was actually from Italy. And, uh, and one day we're sitting there talking and he says, Oh, you're Italian. And I said, no, no, it's, you know, the name's Austrian. He goes, no, Verbanas, you're Italian. I'm like what? <laughs> and so, and I started doing a little research and, um, and I'm, you know, I blonde hair, blue eyes, uh-huh. you know, so, so when people think of Italy, they don't always think of that but but the right. northern italy the northern the blonde, italy right yeah, the yeah. romans right and not right. blonde hair blue eyes and right but up if against you look, austria exactly right if you look at the border of austria and germany it yeah. moves up and down depending on world war one world war two yeah right yeah. the boundary moved yeah so either i'm northern italian or i'm southern austrian depending on who you talk to yeah my, my dad's side of the family still swears we're austrian um, but I've, hmm. I've, I've wondered. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I mean, maybe at some point, I don't know. I don't know. Somebody 
got too high in the Alps and, you know, slipped and slid down the other side into Austria or something. <laughs> right. And that's what like, well, we're stuck here now. Right. Yeah. Can't get back up. So there you are. So yeah, that makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. yeah I remember being a kid and, uh, hearing my dad say that and I'm walking around going, I'm Australian. <laughs> <laughs> Is there another shrimp on the Bobby? <laughs> now that's a noise. There's <laughs> like, no, no. Austrian. Austrian. Oh, it's yeah, crap. It's a completely they different hemisphere. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's you know, one of these days, you know what, you know, Bob, we have so, we have a lot of uh, international listeners, people from all over the world listen right. to the show, which blows my mind. Um, but, and, and listen, I don't have any um, confusion on the fact that they're listening for me and you. They're, they're Captain America fans, right? right. I mean, we, yeah. That's yeah. why they listen. So, but um, I guess, I guess I need to go check it out. I, I cause I, I think like 20% of our listeners are international, yeah. but I, I need to see uh, how many are from Austria and how many from Australia and, uh, yeah. and, uh, and apologize to the three of them. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We also need to, I mean, we've been thinking about it. We've been talking about it. We've discussed it, you know, in our staff meetings and, uh, uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we got to do it. We got to do an episode on like foreign editions of, of cap, like cap. Oh yes. Right? yes. I mean, we, I, I think that'd be fascinating. We are, it's on the list. It's on the list. We have, yeah. we certainly have in our Facebook group, um, uh, a few members that are really, uh, excited to to share their huge international Captain America collection, right? And it is pretty impressive, and it's always yeah. kind of neat to see the differences. Uh, it's neat to see, um, you know, what particular countries decide to keep and and take out and edit, yeah. and uh, had no idea that you know these aren't short sleeves and short shorts that Cap's wearing, and right. yeah. putting flesh color yeah. on the arms and legs, and yeah, you know, it's yeah. just it's just cool. It's fascinating. Yeah. So I think it's also I think it'd be also really interesting to talk to some of our uh, our you know, to us, the foreign listeners, right? Listeners in other countries mm-hmm. who are big fa- uh, fans of Cap and like you know because you know you think Spider Man, Iron Man, okay, you know anybody means Spider Man, Iron Man, but Captain America, you know some people think Captain America, like, well that's Captain America, he's American, right? I mean that's American mm-hmm. superhero, but uh, a lot of fans around the world and they love Cap just as much as any American loves Cap, and like what is it about Cap that you love? That'd be great to have that conversation with some folks. I I love it, I love it. So so yeah, those are going to be some uh, future episodes. So Bob. Um, Last episode in episode 50, uh, which again, hey, listen, kudos to everybody who listened through the entire episode. <laughs> it was a little lengthy. Bob and I went on a few tangents. There were a lot of different stories, but we had fun. And and also, uh, you know, because I, I, I was going through and editing it, Bob, um, there were some solemn stories in there as well yeah, right yeah, so right so yeah, we were. had uh you know the story of the world war ii vet in the yep. school we had cap going through and and pining and uh you know reliving sad, yeah yeah reliving some issues and and yeah. pining for sharon and and then uh you know he yeah. then he dies right uh yep. in one of the uh, issues so uh, you know this episode is going to have a lot more energy to it yeah. You're, uh, you know, so, uh, but anyway, yeah. that, but if Promise. you haven't listened to it, listen to it. It's a good, good, uh, issue with a lot of cool stories and cool creators. Yeah. Yeah. 
And even if you haven't read it, read it because it's a great, great issue to read. So um, one of the things I, I mentioned in the last episode was that when we get uh, 10 more five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts, um, we're going to give away to, of those 10 people, three of them are going to get the coveted What Would Cap Do Challenge coin. Now, as we've been talking about for a while, the way to get this coin is to become a, a patron of the show and support the show. And you can do that. And, and uh, we, we appreciate those who have done that uh, and are continuing to do that. So go to our, our website, CaptainAmericaComicBookFans.com. On the main page, you can see how you can support the show and how you, too, can get the coin. But this is the very first time that we've decided to also give it away. Mm-hmm. So how do you do it? Go to Apple Podcasts. If you haven't left a five-star review yet, please do. And then you can reach out to me on Facebook or you can email capcomicfans at gmail.com and uh, let me know you posted there and and I'll check that out and add you to uh, the list. And then again, three lucky people will get this Captain America What Would Cap Do Challenge coin. Yeah. I mean, it's an amazing opportunity. You know, and I would say, look, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, like there's no better value. It's, it, it, we are a lean organization here. Right? <laughs> I want to tell people, you know, when I, I mentioned the staff, my staff is a bunch of cats and my 11 year old son. Right. <laughs> and, you know, Rick is not taking a limousine to the recording studio to, uh, to, to record this podcast. Right. He's in his basement. So, you know, we are a lean organization here and we want to, you know, the, 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 when the patrons support us, that goes to, you know, supporting the, the, the subscription costs for the software for editing and things like that and prizes that we turn around and, uh, and, and give out to listeners in various contests. So, but to have an opportunity to simply win one of these coveted coins is it's not something you want to pass up. It's not an opportunity uh, that comes along every day. And you are going to be, you're going to want to be the person who has this coin in their pocket. Cause I carry mine every single day. Uh, and when people uh, annoy me, I reach in and I grab hold of that coin and I'm <laughs> and like, flick it at them. <laughs> do I want to, do I want to flick this like a shield and take them out or uh, no, no, what would cap do? Right. Yeah. And, and then I, I recenter. Yes. Yeah. So it's a good practice to have, Bob. Yep. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so let's get into Captain America 161 and 162. A um, couple of interesting things here. So I know I've already talked about the fact that um, Steve Englehart decided to bring back two characters and Dr. Faustus being one and Peggy Carter being the other. <laughs> so this is a really interesting, like, why did Steve do this, right? Because Peggy Carter, um, this is actually the first time Peggy Carter is named Mm-hmm. Previously, um, her her only other appearance uh, is in Tales of Suspense number seventy seven, and that came out um, actually 
it would be seven years ago this month. So um, this issue that we're covering today comes out in May of 1973. Mm -hmm. Tales of Suspense 77 came out in May of 1966. So seven years later, this unnamed romantic love interest, uh, Steve Englehart decides to bring back. Now, a couple of interesting things here. If you read um, Tales of Suspense 77, it's it's very interesting because, you know, the way Tales of Suspense was, it was half an Iron Man story and half the issue was Captain America story. So you only you didn't have the full issue to to, to do a story. So a lot of these were um, short stories and, and uh, in continuations. But the thing that was interesting about um, 77 is Cap's, you know, in modern time, and he's reminiscing to a time of when he lost his great love. And he keeps referring to to this person as her, like, like she's not even named, right? And so um, one of the things that, that, that Cap says is, um, he's talking about... Um, at the end of the war, it was a day for victory, a moment of glory, a time for rejoicing. But for me, it was the day I suffered the first tragic loss in my life. Later, there was to be the death of Bucky, the greatest partner in battle that any man ever had. But that day, at the last few moments of fighting, when the victory had finally been won, I lost her forever. And he picks up a, a photo of her. Somehow he has a photo. I never knew for certain whether she had been killed or if, but it's been more than 20 years since then. If she was still alive, surely she had been found, found me by now. So um, I never told them that it was because of you. I was so desperate on that fatal day. I wanted to find you to tear all of Paris apart until we were together again, but it was too late. My darling, I had lost you forever. So that was the story that Steve Englehart said, hmm, no one's done anything about this. Uh-huh. And Steve has that knack. He has that knack for finding something and, um, uh, you know, a loose end or, uh, you know, just a unresolved story um, or something that he can just take that and, and pick it up and, and, and roll with it. And he did that here with Peggy Carter. Um, the other character as I mentioned, was uh, Dr. Faustus. Uh, now, Dr. Faustus has not been seen since his one and only appearance in Captain America 107, which was, uh, I'm going to say, four and a half years earlier. So it was in November of 1968. So um, so he takes Peggy Carter, who hasn't been around for seven years and with no name, and he takes Dr. Faustus, who hasn't been around for four and a half years and only appeared once, and decided to create this two-part story. Mm-hmm. So it was, um, uh, I, I found that to be very intriguing. So I, that's why I, I wanted to, to, to cover these today. It is intriguing. And I, I also, I mean, I think we, I, I have to point out, Rick, that in fact, uh, in, uh, you know, we see that story in uh, Tales of Suspense. Uh, was it 77, right? Yeah. But two issues earlier, uh, you know, you remember that story with Red Skull shrinking the city, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, Sharon Carter was in that story. Uh, and Cap reminisces about somebody he loved in the war that was 
bore a striking resemblance to uh, to this woman he runs into on the street, Sharon. And uh, and then, of course, it's followed up two issues later with 77 with that detailed story you just talked about. But I often wondered, you know, was that story planned uh, in it, you know, in advance? Were they linked in some way or did it just happen to unfold in, in some some natural way? I I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But I do think it's great, like you mentioned, that Steve sort of picked this up and ran with it. Yeah. Yeah, because if you do read the full issue of 77 and, and the way the story ends, um, it's kind of like it was meant to be continued. Right. You know, yeah. You know, it was it was meant for this, this story to continue at some other part. Um, and it was just a loose end that never got finished, never got finalized. Um, you know, it was it was interesting because I think if you look at the end of of 77 we get back to modern time after steve's reminiscing and he and he says after all these years i still don't know if she's alive or dead i still don't know what beca- ever became of her and and that's it that's the it the story's over yeah and, you know, so and scene yeah. yeah so it's kind of like all right well what happens after that and here it is seven years later and steve engelhart said i've got your story and it's a good one. Yeah. Now, the uh, this, as I mentioned, is uh, written by Steve Englehart. Um, the um, art is by uh, his his longtime partner on Captain Sal Basima, uh, inked by John Verputin. The colorist is Stan Goldberg. Letterer Art Simic, and the editor is Roy Thomas. And on the cover here, we're looking at. Uh, it's a uh, it's a pretty interesting cover. I remember this cover from from being a kid um, and, and seeing this. I got this as a back issue. I didn't get it off the rack, but I remember seeing this in in the uh, in the late seventies and like ah, oh, it's, it's an interesting cover. It was almost a little scary. It's a little creepy. It was. Yeah. It was a little creepy to me as as a as a kid. And now it's Captain America and the Falcon is the title. And so that means you've got Cap on one side and Falcon and Red Wing on the other side. And then the other two thirds of the, the cover is the, um, the illustration. And you have in a, inside a, a house of some sort, uh, you've got Dr. Faustus standing there in his three-piece suit. Uh, and if you don't know who dr faustus is i'll describe him for you he's a he's a large burly man uh uh very large big hands yes yeah uh he's a he's a big man and uh he has uh kind of a red reddish orangish hair uh big bushy mustache and beard and wears glasses um and he's telling he's putting his left hand up to stop captain american falcon from walking in too far into the room and he puts his right arm up and he's showing the uh this woman who is sitting in a chair and um that we can't see her right we only see the back of her her head and she's wearing a veil which was very kind of creepy to me and he says behold my good captain Behold the prisoner of Dr. Faustus. And Cap says, you, the one person I can't fight. And it's like, okay, 
well, who is it? Right. <laughs> so it kind of pulls you in. Yeah. Pray tell. And so the name of this, of this issue is if he loseth his soul. And you see uh, Captain America here um, on the top of a rooftop and uh, he's looking disheveled. He's looking down and he, he's got his arm on a uh, kind of a, a smokestack, brick smokestack. And, um, and very artfully. So the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the names of the, the um, creators are on, on the bricks, which is pretty cool. And he's just thinking to himself, gone. The Falcon is gone. And that's all my fault. I didn't mean to drive him away. But when I gained my new super strength, it was all I could think about. And I never noticed that I was ignoring him, making him feel useless. Sam Wilson is a proud man. I understand exactly how he feels, why he's gone underground, so I can't find him. But that doesn't make it any easier to face the dawn, knowing that I've destroyed our partnership. You think Cap has hassles now, Sahib? Wait till he discovers the fearsome fate of Sharon Carter, just pages away. So what are you waiting for? Let's get it on. I always love those, <laughs> those little uh, editorial comments. So uh, motivating. Yeah. yeah. When when breaks the fourth wall and talks to the reader. I wish I had those like, you know, like maybe like a fortune cookie or something like, you know, like a dove chocolate. You ever read it? like a dove chocolate? You open up the dove chocolate. There's a little inspirational message inside. You should have those for uh, like these sort of to get you going in the morning, right? Yeah. Wouldn't it be awesome? Yeah, sure. Right. Like a Snapple thing. Yeah, right. Um, you know, you should be able to do that. So we turn the page from this big splash page. And then Cap goes on in his inner monologue. I better accept it, I guess. If a guy like the Falcon doesn't want to see me, I'll never track him down. He's too good at his job. On top of that, after prowling the roof stops all night, I'm, I'm done in. It won't be a whole lot of good if Captain America should be needed. I'll grab myself a cup of coffee at Sharon's. So he starts climbing up a ladder. However, when the star-spangled Avenger has made his way to the building where dwells his longtime girlfriend. What's that? A note tacked to her door? Probably a message for the paper boy. But what's it say, Bob? It's handwritten from Sharon and says, Dear Cap, I will never see you again. Please don't try to find me. Love, Sharon. Wow. Wow. Might as well have just said, Dear John. Yeah. Right? So Cap has a look of surprise on his face when he's reading the letter. And he says, and the caption reads, you've read the note, true believer. Now read Cap's face. And he looks, he looks surprised. How that's, could she putting, be, yeah, that's putting it mildly, Rick. <laughs> How could she be gone too? Am I cracking up? I'm going in there to check it out. Yet, after an exhaustive search of every nook and cranny, the apartment's architect left in his sterile design. Nothing. She simply packed up and went, leaving no indication of her destination. And if that sounds like I'm going to ignore what she asked in her letter, then give the man a big cigar. Sharon's disappearance may be her own idea, just like Sam's was, where it may be the opening move in some sinister scheme. 
But either way, anybody who thinks Captain America is just going to let it lay needs a new model crystal ball. And Cap's like jumping out of the window and swinging into the night. It's quite the acrobatics. It is, yeah. So then he he gets into the barber shop, which is the front for Shield headquarters, right? The pale moon is sailing into the rosy haven of the dawning east as Cap swings downtown to the corner of 59th and Madison and the tiny barber shop that guards one of the entrances to Shield. And so the guys that are sitting in the chairs <laughs> are wearing Shield uniforms. And Cap comes in an unlocked door and they're all surprised. Like <laughs> someone walked into the barber shop? I thought this was sports clips. What's going on? I know. So one of the guys says, What the? All right. So, Bob, little yeah. uh, side note here. Yeah. I always, um, when my kids were little, okay, yeah, I, I don't, I try not to swear, right? Yeah. And I yeah. definitely don't swear in front of my kids. And um, so when my kids were little and my, my son said, he would say, what the, and you know, cause, cause it, you know, Hey, you read it in a comic book like now, uh -huh. right? right? You yeah. see it on a TV show, you know, or, you know, where a kid goes, what the, you know? And I was like, Hey, I don't want you saying that. Oh. I was like, why? Because, because the next word's a bad word. Right, right, yeah. You know? Yeah. I guess I was being probably too overly protective. <laughs> I'm sure it's it's stuck. He probably doesn't doesn't use that anymore. But yeah. uh... <laughs> he's like, F you old man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, it just reminds me yeah, of that. Every time right. I hear what the I'm like, yeah. well, you know the next word's not you know good. It's not, it's it's H E double hockey stick, buddy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Right, don't Laverne. say don't and don't say that either, right? Yeah. <laughs> right, Laverne. Right. That's exactly right. All right. So for those those who are too young to know what oh, Bob and I are referencing, um, there was a TV show called Laverne and Shirley. And uh, it was on in the 70s and early mid 80s. And uh, one of the characters, uh, Shirley, was very, very uptight. And she would not say a bad word. And so instead yeah. of saying the word H-E-L-L, -L, she couldn't even spell it out like that. She would say H-E double hockey sticks. Because <laughs> a hockey stick is shaped like an L. Yeah. Anyway. For those of you that live in northern states, yeah. Know That's that what true. a hockey stick looks like, yeah. How'd you open that door, fella? When shield agents are being transported below, a tank couldn't budget. Oh, well, there we go. Now, now, perhaps I should have read the next panel, Bob, before I made a big deal about that. You tell him, Ham. It's open to someone who knows code A7G, mister. And I was with you super spies long enough to learn that and a lot more. Now get out of my way. I'm here to see Fury. Last I heard, Captain America wasn't wanted around here. And my allegiance is to the colonel. So, and he starts to take a swing at Captain America. Don't the cat it. moves out of the way and grabs his wrist. You're behind the times, slap happy. Fury and I are friends again, just like you and me. And he flips him. You toss me like a doll. And he crashes into the uh, window and breaks it. Crush him, eggs. And then at this point, Cap just realizes 
eggs, ham and eggs. You making fun of me and my partner, Fancy Pants? I'll tell you what happened to the last mug that tried that, but I'd rather show you. So he comes and he attacks Cap. First, you'll have to pass my own shield. All right. What the blue blazes going on up here? Fury. Right. You want to guess my height and weight, too? What's on your mind, Cap? And when that burning question has been answered, nah, I don't know where she is, masked man. She quit shield on account of you, remember? And uh, the barber is helping up ham and eggs. All this trouble over one girl. My aunt used to tell me, Harold, no woman is worth fighting over, and she should know. Okay, Colonel. I thought she might have come back here for some reason. I had to check. See you later. Hold it. My boys in the motor pool are still hanging on to your motorcycle. You ever going to pick it up? Now that you mention it, sure. I'd almost forgotten. But it could be a help right now. And Bob, I don't know if you know about that motorcycle, but it was abandoned in the Shield Helicruiser during issue 141. That was a long time ago. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Thus, it's a return to the open road, or whatever you call Manhattan's poorly paved car-infested streets that marks Cap's departure from Colonel Fury's Midtown Madhouse. Well, I got to tell you, I thought the uh, the Marvel creators were from the bullpen in uh, in downtown Manhattan, but that seems like a little poke right there. Poorly paved, car-infested yeah. streets. Uh-huh. Sounds like somebody had a had a hit a pot, hit a pothole or something yeah. on the way to work when they were writing this. Yeah, they did not get a lesson. They did not get a response from their letter to public utilities. Yeah, apparently. So Cap's on his motorcycle, and he's he's uh, actually he's not doing an inner monologue. He's actually talking to himself. Shield was only my only possible lead to Sharon's whereabouts. I never realized it before, but she's always avoid talking about her past, her friends, and her family. All I know is she has money, which only increases the number of places she could have gone. Still, I'll find her, and I swear I... Wait, what's that noise? Oh, by the way, Bob, I don't know if it's... uh, If this is an older issue, but maybe this is when Cap's motorcycle developed that exhaust problem, because... (laughs) Because we, we talk about it every time he rides a motorcycle. Right. It's like, yeah. it's whoa, yeah, he's got, he's got bad exhaust. Like, I, yeah. you know, every yeah. artist wants to, you know, have a little that thing would not pass yeah. inspection these days, right? You know, yeah, yeah. Cutting the motor on his bike, Cap leans hard and left and coasts silently into the outskirts of a heart stopping scene. And sure enough, there's um, in the back alley, and this is nighttime, by the way, there are. Uh, some people um, that are, looks like something bad's about to happen and somebody's holding a knife. A street gang mugging some early morning pedestrian. Lucky for him, I happened by because it looks like it's getting nasty. I guess no matter what's happening in my personal life, my crime fighting work is never done. Hold on a second. That's Sam. And sure enough, uh, Sam is being held by these gang members and they're wearing these really tough looking purple long sleeve shirts with white skulls on the front and back. No yeah. comment, Bob? 
Uh, well, I'm, 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 I'm thinking about where, where can I get one of those? Because I think I've got a Halloween costume this year, my friend. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to need an afro because <laughs> they're all wearing their 70s hairstyle. Hey, come on, Rafe. Put down that rat slicer. Falcon and me may have been cooped up all night. We were just taking a walk. It was his last walk, Layla. Next time around, six dudes will be carrying him because he'll be in a pine box. Oh, so we got not only Falcon, but we've got Layla, his his girl interest, mm -hmm. and uh, Rafe, who is also interested in Layla, but he's uh, he's a leader of this this gang. Ain't a dude been born that's taken anything I want away from me. You're off, Falcon. And just then, uh, while Rafe's going in with his dagger, Falcon takes one of the guys who's holding his arms and pulls him. And, and the guy says, Rafe, no, he's jacking me around. Pull me in. And Rafe stabs him instead in the back. You're not her bad gang, man. Just be glad you're out of this 10-rounder. It's going to be mean, Falcon says. And he throws the guy. But the guy, another guy comes up behind Falcon with, uh, what do you call those little, those those things? In, okay, people, I'm going to try to describe this. I, I've seen these in the yeah. 60s and 70s. I really haven't seen them since. Yeah. And it, it's something that a, um, a hooligan, May have. Well, again, yeah, a yeah, gang so, member, Mr. Uh, gang a, member, yeah, a, a ne'er do well, yeah. if you will. Uh, gang man. It, it's it's a handheld uh, weapon of some sort, and it's almost like picture uh, holding a brush, right? So the handle of the brush, and then on the the brush is not a a big brush. It's a it's almost like a sack. Uh, that is um, hard and it's kind of round, uh, you know, almost looks like a drumstick, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I've seen these, but it's usually a gang member. It usually is in the 70s. So I, I don't know what this is called. What do you call it, Bob? You know, I, I, I don't know what the name of it is, but it look, to me, it looks like, uh, I mean, this is, this is usually how it's described, right? In like, like gang and like the, you know, those old sort of pulp, books right i used to read some of those things like crime crime books mm -hmm. and it was always like a sack like a like a sock full of pennies oh yeah you know and that uh but i, I don't know what i can't remember what the name was i always just was described as like a sock full of pennies or something a sack mm -hmm. a sack of pennies or, yeah you know i don't know scheduled town round of falcon don't look to me like you're going to be on your feet through round one and just then falcon flips the guy from behind him round one ends when the game Round one ends when the gong goes off, skinhead. When you hear it, you know I made it. And you didn't. And he throws him into a, a, a bunch of trash cans. Blong. It's a sound effect. Wow. And then uh, a fourth guy picks up a, looks like he's got a forty-five Magnum there. This is stupid. Playing with a man as good as the Falcon? Get it over with for good. But then he says, wait, what's that above me? Who do you think it is coming in from above helping the Falcon? Well, it ain't Santa Claus, Rick. I'll tell you that. It's Red Wing, Bob. Indeed, indeed. And he's clawing at the guy's face, and the guy shoots up into the air. 
Back off, Red Wing. Back. He's had it. You don't need to do any more. My face. <laughs> but as the Birdman leaps forward, momentarily focusing his mind on his writhing foe, a clutching hand lances behind him. And Layla yells, Falk! Freak a chick. He was cold meat. Now it was Rafe coming with his knife again. Even backstabbing isn't below you, right, Rafe? But by now, nothing you could, you could do surprised me. And he comes up and he nails him with a, a left hook. And then a right cross. Sure can flash me off, though. Holy crow, baby. Ever since Rafe put that Silver Skulls together back three years ago, they ain't never lost a set. Not one. He only called him out for the cats he really hated when he went kind of crazy. I thought for sure this was the payoff. The last day Harlan was ever going to find us scuffling through it. But you, man, you are some kind of power puncher. You are the dude I've been waiting 23 years for. And it's high time we did something about it right here and now. So she comes up and she's got that. She's got that look on her eyes. That come hither look. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Yeah. But just then here comes a buzz killer cap. Excuse me. If I could let you get away from me again, I would, but I can't. And I've got to talk to you. However, first, let me add my congratulations, partner. I saw it all and it was magnificent. Take your soft soap and throw it on the junk pile with that word partner, Cap. As of yesterday, we got a divorce. And if you didn't know it, you do now. I know how you feel about my new strength. I know that, Falk. And I can see you've been under some heavy pressure since you walked out on me yesterday. But I know something else. Falk, we are different. I don't deny it. There never have been and never will be any two humans exactly alike. Everyone knows that. And yet, Everyone distrusts differences. Variations seem threatening because they're unfamiliar, because they indicate factors in life we know nothing about. Black, white, young, old, male, female. So I've pulled a part of my life back together. Sands with me again for the time being. But what about Sharon? And now we cut to another uh, panel here where there's a, castle of some sort an estate and uh there's a moon lit behind it many miles and hours away in the forest of new england stands a fortress bleak and gray and in that fortress lies a princess sleeping on a bed of white a princess whose peaceful repose is broken now and again by silent dreams visions of another world another time a princess who could soothe all of Captain America's gnawing pain with but a whisper, the beautiful Sharon Carter. And then she wakes from her slumber. Where, where am I? Suddenly, as consciousness fully returns, where am I? What is this place? I've never seen it before in my life, as she sits up. She jumps out of bed. She's running, seemingly still dreaming. Sharon leaps from her bed kicking the covers into swirling clouds of silk, race across the Baruch chamber to its only portal and finds it locked. Her mind spins, trying desperately to assimilate this bizarre series of events and never thinking to look up at the room's chandelier. What's in the room's chandelier, Bob? 
What is that? The room chandelier. It looks almost like it would be uh, some form of video surveillance system, Rick. Oh, it's very 1973. Yeah. But no more than 20 seconds later, the unseen camera proves its worth to someone. And then opening up the door, the locked door, is uh, someone dressed like a doctor, right? He's got a doctor's coat on and a stethoscope. Um, you know, he's a Caucasian guy, glasses. Good evening, Miss Carter. I am Dr. Wolfgang. And how are you feeling today, hmm? Feeling? A am I in a hospital? What hospital? Where? What happened to me? Amnesia, eh? It's not unusual. In the first hours after awakening, you were in a car accident, Miss Carter, just outside our gate. It was nothing serious, but we admitted you for rest at the insistence of your parents. And then opens up the door, and sure enough, there's a, an elderly couple here. I mean, they, they look pretty old, Bob. They look like they're probably in their 80s, right? They do, yeah, yeah. Sharon, baby. Hello, Angel. Mom, Daddy. It's so good to see you again. And she's almost crying here, right? No more than for us to see you, honey. It's been so long. We were worried about you, Sherry, but you look fine. Wait, if, if you're here, does that mean I'm in the same hospital where she is? Yes, Angel, you are. Yes. The blonde girl in the white gown steps back a pace, her face paling in the chandelier's creamy light, while above and away in a somber tower perched stark and Stygian against the sable sky. Did I pronounce that right? Stygian? I think it's Stygian, but I, you, know, you don't see that word much. Yeah. There sits a lady in a long black veil. And sure enough, there is. There's an older lady sitting in a, a tall, tall chair. Um, I, I should say she's sitting in a chair with a very, very tall back. And she's wearing a uh, uh, kind of a purplish maroon looking dress with a black veil over her, and she's sitting by our fireplace. All matters proceed quite smoothly, madam. Though you sit and stare like the very dead, I feel you can yet hear me, so you must be told. And there's Dr. Faustus. Despite early mishaps, the first phase of my treatment has come to a satisfactory conclusion, and soon, I am sure, Captain America will arrive to play his unwitting but most crucial role in the demanding designs of Dr. Faustus. And then he thinks to himself as he's smiling, and die. That's pretty morbid thinking, Doctor, and we need a breather from, from such things. So we cut to Cap, on his motorcycle and Sam on his motorcycle. And it looks like Sam's motorcycle is also quite the pollutant because I see the exhaust. <laughs> and, you know, when I see these, these motorcycles with this exhaust coming out, yeah. I, I, in my mind, I'm hearing this, you know, like, like this, you know, older uh -huh. sounding, not like an, ex, you know, yeah. you know? Yeah. Right. It was the seventies. All that exhaust was a, that was a feature. Mm. Right. So, Maybe, maybe, um, maybe this is like one of uh, 
the little buttons you push when you're playing Spy Hunter video game. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. Let's travel outside into the still night air and once more look in on Cap and Falk. And then they pull up and they see a sign. It says, you are now entering Derby, Connecticut. There's a sign, Sam. We're almost there. If the man at the Hertz agency was right, Sharon is somewhere in this town. It's weird that she rent a car, though since by listing her drop-off point, she told us where she was headed. Well, it's the fastest way out of the city, which she obviously wanted, and you have to list a destination if you don't plan on coming back. At least you see why two heads were needed on this one. Four hands, you mean, checking every kind of transportation out of town. We should have called S.H.I.E.L.D. if they still listen after coughing up a second cycle on the same day. No, not on a personal thing. That's funny. The lights over that sign aren't on. And, and sure enough, uh, there's a sign on the side of the road. And it says, Lost Souls Asylum and Rest Home professional care and even as uncounted years of expecting the unexpected propel cap's mind one step further to the idea that darkness can breed death assailants in strange garb burst from behind the sign and attack and sure enough there's a bunch of uh, soldiers with uh, machine guns kill them kill captain america they're all over the road have to swerve now just as we planned, fool, our master makes no mistakes. We hadn't expected you so quickly, but we knew you'd come. Be careful, the black man isn't stopping. I figured if you stopped mouthing off, you'd notice. And Sam, on his bike, runs through them. Go to it, Falk. Guard my flank and I'll guard yours. And then he starts firing on him as the cap puts up his shield. As for you, trooper... No fair going unconscious on me yet. I still have use for you. Hey, Bob. Look, they're firing machine guns on Cap Shield. What's the sound effects? <laughs> I'm not doing it, Rick. I've been warned. My wife told me, she's like, no sound effects tonight. Last time you almost woke your son up. <laughs> and I said, no, no, wing, wing, flip. <laughs> and she's like, you better not, man. I'm coming in if you do. So I'm out. Uh, I wish we should do. I want to see Casey. <laughs> yeah. She needs to make an appearance. My staff would be very upset. Oh. So, yeah. so Cap uh, throws the, the guy that he was picking up off the ground. You have to get your buddies off my back. Meanwhile, still doing his Steve McQueen bit. Wait a minute. Who's Steve McQueen, Bob? Steve McQueen. Now, not to be confused with Lightning McQueen. That came much, much later. Steve McQueen, one of the original action heroes of the uh, late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, he was a great action star. Um, and he did a bunch on a motorcycle, too. Sure did. Yeah. So uh, Sam's driving through all of them. Stop him. Destroy him. i never seen such daring. The maniac drives like he was born on a bike. But this grenade will make sure he dies there. And he does. He tosses a grenade and, and right at Sam's bike, which blows up. The sound of the blast physically grips Cap by the ears, yanking his head around in a frenzied snap. Falcon! Mister, you may not know it, but your fate is going to be the same as that man's you just dynamited. If he lives, you'll only get a headache. But if he dies, and a guy comes up behind 
Cap with his pistol turned around. You'll do what, hero? You're no killer. You're just value friendship too much. And he nails Cap in the back of the head. He looked like a madman. He, he, he held me down like I was nothing. You heard the master's briefing, just as I did, Sniveller. The man now has super strength. But unfortunately for us, he is not invulnerable. We better get him to the asylum before he wakes up then. I'll say, the board about his partner, is he really dead? No such luck, he's just unconscious. All right, it makes a little difference in the long run. Take them to Dr. Faustus. So they get carried away. So then Sharon is, uh, now by the way, she's wearing, uh, what would you call this, a, a nightgown? Right? I think, yeah, it's almost like a dressing gown, a nightgown, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she's going through the dark hallways of this old creepy house. And it says midnight. So she's thinking to herself, it's a good thing mother and dad were sworn to secrecy when I first became an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. so that no one knows of my training and such skills as picking locks. Despite the facts that my parents are here and that Dr. Wolfgang has been extremely kind, there's still something wrong about this place. Why should I have a car accident just as I arrived here? And why can't I remember having it? Why should I be locked up in the first place? I know the Lost Souls Asylum is a mental hospital, but I'm not, Schizo. And the straw that broke the camel's back is her. If, if she is here, why haven't I been allowed to visit her? She's never been violent. Wait, who's that in the dark cell? I find it interesting, Bob, that Steve is writing this, that Sharon keeps referring to Peggy as her or her. she. Yeah. Similar as Steve back in Tales of Suspense 77 kept right. referring to as her and she. Yeah. That is that like a tip off, do you think that Steve's I think doing? it's yeah, it's a little bit of uh what do they call it? Foreshadowing or something? Maybe yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that what do I know? So she gets up to the cell, stealthily gliding to the top of the winding staircase, holding her breath as if approaching a woodland creature which might flee should her presence become known. Sharon strains her eyes to pierce the gloom, and then it's her. But why is she kept a prisoner? What are they doing to her? Thunk, thunk, thunk. Footsteps coming this way. I don't dare be discovered. So she hides behind a corner. Just in time, they didn't see me. It's Dr. Wolfgang, but the man he's with, that's Dr. Faustus. I saw him when S.H.I.E.L.D. took him into custody after he tried to destroy Steve using psychological warfare back in Captain America 107. He's brilliant and diabolical. If he's behind all this, I'm in deadly danger, and so is my family. I'll wait till they pass by, and just then, Dr. Faustus reaches back and grabs her with his huge hand. Come, come, my dear. These corridors are drafty. You mustn't be allowed to wander them unescorted. My asylum has hidden television cameras everywhere, my dear. When you neared this cell, you were observed. Johan, the serum, please. And uh, just then, Dr. Wolfgang comes up with a vial. He's so strong. Don't struggle, Miss Carter. You will only do yourself harm. So she must have drank it and passed out. It goes dark. 
Now we're in a new scene. And there's Captain America. And there's Sam Wilson. And Sharon Carter. And they appear to be in a World War II battle zone. And Sharon is wearing uh, a resistance fighter's uniform. And Sam is wearing a, a, a GI uniform. But Cap's in his normal Cap uniform. And Sharon says, Oh, my head. Sharon, Sharon, I found you. But what is this? What's going on? Yeah. And while you're at it, Mama, what, what am I doing wearing this uniform of an army sergeant? I don't know, Steve. I, I don't. I have this feeling I, I did know, but my memory's so hazy. Mine too. I remember riding along with Fowl, coming to a sign, and then it all goes blank. But this street and the way you're dressed, it makes me think of World War II. Don't look now, man. But there's more than thinking involved. There's a whole squadron of Nazi soldiers charging straight at us. Totendaya Manakonski Shrine. Wow. Why do you always look at me like that? Was I... that masterful? Uh, your 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 background. You I mean your ancestors would be proud. That was awesome. That's German. My, plus, my ancestors are Austrian. Plus enough, man. Oh, enough. okay. That's like saying, oh, you're, you're Canadian agents uh, background, yeah. you know? Like, no, no. Canada and America, you know, you know, United States of America, two, two different countries. Okay, okay, all right. Austria and Germany, two different countries. Uh, okay. I got nothing against the German folk. Okay. Beautiful right. people. Yeah, great sausage, yeah. But. Yeah, all right. Wonderful yeah, beer. Yeah. Let's make this clear. All right. Anyway, nicely done. Thank you. I sat up and took notice. This is crazy. Insane. But there's no time to think about it now. We've got no choice except to fight for our lives. And up in a tower, looking down on all this, is Dr. Faustus and the Sharon's uh, sister wearing her black veil. And he thinks to himself, Truer words were never spoken, fool. My men, now garbed in the uniform of the infamous Gestapo, will surely kill you if you do not defeat them. And either way, my purpose will be well served. Many men have tried to destroy Captain America through physical means, and I am not above that. But only Dr. Faustus can also strike through the mind. And because of that, Captain America is doomed. Next, if you haven't already guessed... And even if you have, the reason why. All right, Bob. So we're back with issue 162. And this one has a cover date of June 1973. Um, it has mostly um, the same creative team, although the cover artist for this one, because uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned the last issue who the cover artist was. I, I thought I did. Um, but that was by Sal Basima and John Rometta and John Verputin. However, this cover is uh, has a different creative team. It actually has Jim Starlin. Do you know who Jim Starlin is, Bob? Uh, from uh, from the uh, like Infinity Gauntlet series, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, right. So he's Thanos, big, you know, yeah, and Silver Surfer. Yeah, he's a he's a uh, famous uh, artist. So Jim Starlin is doing this one. And uh, the inker is Joe Sinnott. Now, Joe 
Joe Sinet, or and I, I don't remember knowing if it was pronounced Sinet or Sinat, um, but he's you know obviously a very very famous uh, anchor, uh, and then John Costanza uh, also helping out on this particular cover, and on the cover of one sixty two, which again Captain America and the Falcon, and it's got cap on one side and falcon and red wing on the other and then then the bottom two-thirds is the, the actual cover and it's cap um there's a yellow background cap standing in his uniform with his hands up on the sides of his head which is the international sign of i'm going crazy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and behind him is kind of uh these circles that are going kind of like a feel of um What's that famous director? Oh, uh, Hitchcock. Yeah, it's kind of has Hitchcock, Hitchcock kind of vertigo, yeah. Yeah. you know, right. kind of like yeah. that vertigo thing going yeah. in the background in yeah. circles. Nice. And then around him are five different faces. So we have uh, we have Red Skull. We have the original um, Baron Zemo. We have Bucky. We have Modoc. And then another one is like a creature, and I, I don't know who that is do you i i don't rick i was hoping that you were going to uh you know, fill in the gap here i i don't know i thought well maybe i you know i don't know i don't know where this this, this one came from i i um, don't i don't know either you know what, so we'll um, get to it in the story and it seems like they've run into him before but i i don't know i'm at a yeah, loss so so i looked it up and it was like okay you know different characters that are pure in this issue um and it's Godzilla in quotes is mentioned. I this doesn't look anything like Godzilla. No. So I don't I really don't know. No. I mean it looks like something Zola would come up with, right? Yeah, but, it's almost yeah. kind of a I don't know, it reminds me of a creature of the Black Lagoon-esque type of creature, you know. Yeah. I mean it's it's pretty creepy looking. It's even it's drooling. <laughs> um and and on the cover, you know, Cap saying, "No." get back all of you this can't be happening and yet it is and it says perhaps the most soul searing saga of all cap goes mad (laughs) he's mad baby yeah it's a a mad 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 world you know it (laughs) in fact the name of the uh issue is this really loud too yeah, uh, <laughs> I thought that was gunfire. I thought that was machine gun fire. I thought you were doing machine gun fire. Sorry. <laughs> In fact, the name of this issue is uh, This Way Lies Madness. <laughs> Folks, you do not want Rick to get low blood sugar. You know, that would just be <laughs> catastrophic. So I got the munchies. <laughs> All right. So what's interesting, and not interesting, it's fun. I think this is fun. I always like seeing sometimes when they embellish on, you know, the nicknames of the creators. So at the top of this has Steve Englehart, author, and Sal Basima, artist, have co-created another Cap classic. So say John Verputin, inker. John Costanza, letterer, P. Goldberg, colorist, and Roy Thomas, editor, and Irving Forbush, the notary pub republic. Yeah, because this had to be notarized, I'm sure, before it was submitted. I got to tell you, 
I always feel bad for the colorist. It's like they get, they, you know, everybody else has their first name. And then like the colorist is kind of like first initial. (laughs) We've seen that before many times. Yeah. They get left out. Yeah. Or out of space. Right. And it's Petra, Petra Goldberg. Uh, But and here is just P Goldberg. Yeah. Colorists don't get the love they deserve. Right. You know, well, you know, the letter, I mean, he's like, well, I'm the letter. So uh, <laughs> yeah, my, right. my, full, my full name's getting in there. I can assure you of that. <laughs> Middle name, <laughs> nickname. So on this uh, splash cover, we pick up where we left off, where Cap and Sharon and Sam are in a World War II setting about to be overrun by German soldiers. And Cap's thinking to himself, this is insane. First, Sharon disappears from New York, leaving only a cryptic note saying she'll never see me again. Then, when the Falcon and I get a lead on her and follow her to Connecticut, a horde of men in futuristic uniforms ambush us. And now, we've awakened to find both Sharon and ourselves seamlessly trapped in Paris at the end of World War II with Falk in an army uniform and a squad of screaming Nazis coming in for the kill. Well, that was a nice recap. Thank you very much, Steve. Well done. And then once again, there's a, a little editor's note here. Got all that, Tiger? <laughs> then let's move. Sure, Rick, I got to tell a story, man. So, right. you know, you can have uh, a pretzel. I'm putting myself on mute so I can, yeah, I can crunch your way. Right. Right. <laughs> so, I, you know, I teach a course at the university where, uh, you know, it's about sustainability. And, and I take my students on these field trips, five field trips every term, right? And they, we, we go to different ecosystems. So today I took them to Lover's Key, which is, uh, which is a marine ecosystem. It's a beautiful beach area. And we have, a, we have a chartered bus that drives us. So anyway, Phil, God bless you, Phil, old guy, retired principal, high school principal. He's the bus driver today. So we're driving there. It's great, great field trip. Come be there for like four hours. Get back on the bus. We're coming out. We're leaving the parking lot. And there's a gopher tortoise. Right. And I don't know if you're familiar with gopher tortoises, but they, they burrow. And, you know, anyway, it's an endangered keystone species, whatever. So so the, all the students are looking out the window. Right. And, and the gopher tortoise is trying to get out of the road to the side of the road. And I go, hey, slow down, tiger. But I'm talking to like the tortoise. Right. But Phil thinks I'm talking to him. <laughs> and he immediately slows down the bus. And I'm like, oh, Phil, you know, I'm not talking to you. I don't know why you think I call you tiger. Right. But <laughs> anyway, it just gave me the giggles, right? That this old guy thought I was referring to him as Tiger. You know? <laughs> Maybe he's a Spider-Man fan. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Face it. Face it. Face it, Tiger. Yeah. That's funny. Funny to me. Cap, what's going on? Have you got any idea? Not even a glimmer of one Falk. All I know is. If we don't stop staring and do something, it's going to be harmful to our health. So Cap then goes into action, taking out three uh, Nazis at the same time with his shield, his punching, and his kicking. Something's nagging me, telling me I should know what's happening, but I can't pin it down, and there's no time to think. And Sam and Sharon go into action. Cap, what are you doing here? My note said not to follow me. And she gives a a karate chop to the back of a German. And of course I think of, I think of, uh, of uh, Austin power karate chop. <laughs> Great movies. Your note wasn't you, honey. 
If you want to walk out on me, I'll have to hear it from your own lips. I'm not always able to show it the way I like, but I love you, Sharon. Oh, Cap, I wish you hadn't come. I didn't want you involved. But since I've gained a little breathing room for a second, I have to tell you, I love you for it. She goes up and gives Cap a kiss on his cheek in the middle of a battle. And Cap doesn't look like he's having it. You little nut. Are you trying to get us killed? Ha, you're too serious, Avenger. I am when I'm fighting, lady. And he throws his shield in me. It's almost like bowling pins when he throws that shield, you know, the way they're all, you know, I mean, Sal, Sal's drawing these, these guards all being like knocked in the air. Like this one shield just comes in that they're all just like, I don't know. It's like bowling. It's like a bowling pin. It's just, he does, you know, he, he does that sort of, uh, I, you know, it, I, he does this sort of composition, uh, many times and it always it always takes my breath away it always looks great like it's a little bit later he does it again mm-hmm. you know with faustus uh and then of course that famous uh famous one where he's hitting the, the cap of the 1950s uh same sort of composition i, I just love that he does he does those fabulously yeah and you know i i <laughs> <laughs> Rick's chewing a pretzel, so I gotta like, you know, I gotta keep going. And uh, anyway, I, I thought the color, I mean, the color really adds to it. <laughs> I'm done, Bob. Thanks. All right, it's good. Okay. Back to the story, folks. <laughs> We're such professionals here. <laughs> All right, hold on. Time to impress Bob again. <clears throat> Dumkoff, only the loyal regions of the Third Reich can produce real fighters. So this is one of the um, the guys dressed up like a German Nazi, right? And um, the one behind him's like, "Shut up, you meathead! <laughs> Taste this flamethrower!" And Cap even says, "That's got to be the phoniest German accent I've ever been privileged to hear. These guys aren't Nazis." They're the troops that wore those jazzy costumes earlier. For some unknown reason, I just said the word jazzy. (laughs) This has all been staged, but from the way he's spraying that flame, Finale can still be death. I've got to, and and he's thinking all this while the um, shield's bouncing back to him. And by the way, Bob, I gave a really bad German accent because I knew. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It sounded. It had a little bit. I I, I couldn't quite. Is a little bit of Nacho Libre with a little bit of Father Guido <laughs> Sarducci in there. So <laughs> couldn't oh, quite place it. Father yeah. Guido Sarducci. Yes. Yet before the Star Spangled Heroes lightning, you know, there's places you don't put a pause. That's one of them. Yeah, before the Star Spangled Heroes lightning. Thoughts can fly any further. <laughs> All right, let me try that again. All right. Yet before the star, yet before the star-spangled heroes, lightning thoughts can fly any further. A senses-shattering scream splits the air, as if clawing its way from the depths of hell. Bob, you going to do the uh, the scream? You're going to be in so much gonna, trouble. I am going to get in big, big trouble. Yeah. Uh, now I'm nervous. I set you up. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I hope I really do. I hope she comes in so I can say hi to her. Yeah, she will. She will. Um, and everyone everywhere stops cold. And and I like how uh, Sal sets this up. Right, you've got, um, you see the the soldiers stopping, Sharon stopping, Sam and Steve. And then we cut to the tower, and there's. Dr. Faustus with his arm, his big hand around the woman in black with the veil. There, there, dear lady. That scream merely signals the rebirth of your mind, freed at last from the chains of abominable amnesia through the methods of Dr. Faustus. Please step inside now. I shall join you momentarily after my little melodrama has run its course. We met the anonymous doctor and the mysterious lady in black last-ish, Cap fan, as if you didn't know. And we'll see more of them in just a minute. But first, Cap um, uh, seems to be jumping over some fire. Couldn't see who was screaming, but it was enough to distract the Nazi. I've got a chance to escape. I won't blow it. But other plans may have precedence over that now. And all of a sudden, from behind the bricks, opens up a little trap window. And uh, it looks like some rays, like a little gun comes out. In one of the stone walls, a panel swings wide. Silent rays of unearthly light beam forth. And that's all she wrote. So it shot our three heroes. Quickly, adventurers of their caliber will not remain unconscious for long. Return the falcon to his uniform and take them to the psycho pit. Where 11 minutes later, our heroes do regain their senses. Ugh, now what? Sharon, Falk, are you? And then spotlights come on above them. Click, click, click. Ah, lights blinding. But those are not merely lights, Captain America. And as your eyes adjust to their glow, you will find that out. Sharon Carter has. No. Oh, my Lord. No. The terrified girl's frenzied cries echo and re-echo from the damp gray walls. But they do not penetrate or reach this lovely tower high above. Here, in this ornately appointed salon, there are only soothing voices. She's fainted, Dr. Faustus but I believe she's coming around now. Good, Yonan. Good. Now, dear lady, try to tell me what you remember. What I just saw, I, I, I've seen it before, only it was happening to me. Cap was fighting the Germans, and, and so was I. But then we were separated, and, and, and there was an explosion. I, I blacked out. After that, it's... It's all a jumble. All I remember is wandering out of Paris, across Europe. Somehow I, I survived, but I, it was terrible, terrible. Months later, it must have been months later, an old friend of mine, families recognized me in Belgium, I think. He brought me home. Oh, God, I can't remember anymore. And then just then, Dr. Faustus with his left hand, comes hammering down and crushes 
the desk in front of him just snaps it. What? But I expected you to tell me Captain America's weakness. Hidden things you must have known. That's why I'm trying to retrieve your memory. That's why I've turned my insane asylum into a theater. Still, I do have time to treat you further, my dear. And then he thinks to himself, but I must know all about the captain to devise the perfect psychological death for him. That is why Dr. Faustus is the world's supreme psychologist. Let the others plot his end through force. They have always failed and always will. But I kill through the mind. In the meantime, however, his mind and those of his friends are being prepared for the final stroke quite thoroughly. And Sharon's like, no, oh no. Get a hold of yourself, Sharon. This must be a trick like before. But look at it, Cap. I can see it clearly and you know you can too. I can even smell it. It's real, it's real. And there's that creature we couldn't really <clears throat> place from the cover. It's a, it's a greenish creature, um, very thick, heavy. It looks uh, like an unattractive job of the hut. Could be, uh, yeah. other than the fact that he's got yeah. arms, big arms. Yeah, yeah, big suction cup arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's suction cups on the end of the tips of his fingers. It's kind of gruesome. He's even got stubby hair with the with the lumps he, on him. He does. Yeah. No, Sharon. There's some kind of hypnotic effects from the lights, or maybe a subtle gas. I don't know the answer for sure. But I tell you, that's got to be an illusion. And he throws his shield, which goes through the creature and ricochets off a wall. You see? My shield went right through it and bounced off the wall behind. And Sam says, Godzilla's vanished completely. Whoever's doing this is diabolically clever and evidently technically ingenious. Don't let it get to you. You were right, man. But no one is after them, you fool. I am only after you. That voice. It's the Red Skull. Yes, and now I will have my revenge. Cap, the Skull's dead. We saw him die. He survived seemingly certain death before, Falk. But I'm betting this is just another illusion. Either way, it makes no difference. I'm ready for anything. And Cap leaps towards the Red Skull. Good Lord! And just then, they fall into Red Skull's mouth. And as down they plummet, down, in total blackness now, the fear of crashing headlong into something unseen leaps at their throats. But there is no impact at all, for all the good that it does them. Abruptly, they are standing quite steady, but where? In a claustrophobic tomb? In an arena? On the edge of another deadfall? And work what looks here with them in the gloom? Fight the fear. Fight it. It's the imagined terrors that are the worst. Holy crow! Eyes! And sure enough, all around them are all these eyes looking at them, which is very reminiscent of uh, Scooby-Doo. You're right! Right in the, the yep. Scooby Doo opening, right? There's all these like eyes looking down on on yep. the gang, Scooby yep. gang. And just then, 
the eyes take form. Yes, and then more. And it's Zemo, the original Zemo from World War II. Modoc, the skull, and Agent Access, the scourge of World War II. Follow me. Whatever, whatever is out there can't be any more insane than this. And then just then he sees Bucky. Cap, Cap, you, you've got to help me too. Bucky, Bucky, you're dead. I know you're dead. I've accepted that. But what if I'm wrong? What if you survived and needed me? All these years, kid, all these years. Cap, snap out of it. Whatever they're using to freak us out must be getting worse to affect him like that. It plays with our brains, hyping our secret fears. But Bucky boy don't mean a thing to me. And Sam breaks through glass. And as suddenly as the nightmare began, it is over. Whew. As the sappy guy on television always says, thanks, I needed that. But what happened to Falk, smashing through that glass? You're right, come on. What's the guy on television who says, thanks, I needed that? That was an old Aqua Velva commercial, right? Thanks, I needed that. Putting on the aftershave. And does he get slapped? Well, I think he slaps himself, you know? Yeah, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah with the Aqua Velva aftershave, you know? Oh, I haven't thought of that in decades. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was always more of a high karate sort of guy at the cologne oh were you mm. yeah yes does that smell like freedom <laughs> it smells like it and then i upgraded you know eventually of course as most uh, young men do to dracar noir <laughs> <laughs> none of which worked the way i intended so so then we find sam on the floor with broken glass unlax unlax my hunting glove protecting my head but it's times like this I start wishing I designed a costume more on the order of Iron Man's. You better believe that if I hadn't had to make that swan dive, you wouldn't have been caught me even thinking about it. Anyway, sneak a peek at your ghosts. Rubber masks behind trick mirrors, along with special lighting and a fear-inducing agent. I said it before. We're dealing with a deadly genius. Well, now he knows it's a trick. We knew that already, Johan. We've lost nothing. But now he also knows that reality and fantasy are mingled in this place. He will never be sure of what he experiences here. This is a victory for us. And when our lady friend remembers what I need to know, we will have our final victory. Insanity for Captain America. And then, death. All right, but doctor, look in the monitor. And just then we see the backer of three heroes and Sharon's pointing. Be careful. We may have jumped out of the frying pan into the Bunsen burner. It just hit me. A fragmented memory of TV cameras hidden all around the mausoleum. Yeah, that sounds like the kind of insurance our mystery fiend would get up for. And there it is. Tucked away in the corner. Would you like to do the honors, Falk? Delighted, I'm sure, my dear Alphonse. And then... Sam takes his grappling hook from his, you know, that shoots out from his wrist. This is, you know, pre-flying Falcon, by the way, before he gets his wings from Wakanda. And he uses his grappling hook to go up and, and hit the, the camera. Now let's get out of here. 
Every sense on the alert, each of our people stalks the dank halls, ready for anything, and if the truth be told, even hoping for it, so they can even the score. Then, somebody behind that door, Cap, I hear voices. Operates in some electric signal, I bet. There's no doorknob or any other handhold. If we're going to go in there, and we are, we'll have to rely on my super strength. Like this. And Cap uses his super strength and his super shield to break through the door. Who is it, Cap? Who? Mother! Daddy! Sharon, thank heaven you've come. Dr. Wolfgang has a, has a superior, a Dr. Faustus, and he ordered us locked up in here. Dr. Faustus? He's our enemy? Yes. It has to be him. Mother, Dad, I don't have to tell you who this is. Cap? My parents. Under the circumstances, young man, I'd save my motherly welcome till we're safe. Cap? Faustus is insane, yet he lured us to this asylum by having his flunky claim he could cure our daughter of her disorder. Daughter? Sharon? Darling, you weren't ever supposed to know. I was sworn to secrecy, and when I came here, I asked you not to follow me. But now, the cat's out of the bag, it seems. We're talking about my sister, Peggy Carter, the girl you loved in World War II. The full story in Tales of Suspense 77. And Cap looks shocked. You never knew her real name, since she used a code name with the Partisans. But the love was obviously there before amnesia hit her. She kept calling for you after they brought her home. But you had been reported killed in 1945. The doctors had to tell her she would never see you again. And she seemed to just shut down after that. She stopped speaking and began to dress only in black. Then in 1953 came the story that shook the nation. And it's a Daily Bugle, Bob. It, it is says, the Daily Bugle, yeah. Captain America alive. Bucky too as, as our duo battles in a UN blog. We didn't know it was the fake, of course, but it made no difference anyway after talking with Peggy's doctors. So what's the fake, Bob? Tell us, what are they referring to here? Oh, in 53, that was, of course, the, um, that was, of course, the cap of the 1950s, which, uh, which Steve Englehart addressed uh, back in uh, about, what, 15, no, 10 issues ago, right? And this was when him and Jack Monroe took the serum in the alleyway before breaking up the Red Skull, who was in fact a, uh, what was his name? Albert Malik or something, right? Is that the long version of the story or did you want a short one? <laughs> oh, that, that's helpful. Yeah, so. Yeah, Which of was... course, Young Men 24, right? That's that, that origin story that's told in Young Men 24 back in 1950, what, 53, 54. That was uh, retconned. Uh, by Englehart and, and Sarah. Sure. They said her mental state had become so precarious that any shock, even a happy one, might destroy her mind forever. She had lived too long with one reality to accept another. We all swore never to tell her about Captain America or him about her. Because of that, it made us glad when the fake vanished. Later you appeared. I had grown up so I joined S.H.I.E.L.D. to meet you, 
to see the man who inspired so much love in my sister. What I saw inspired love in me. I thought Peggy would never know or care, and logically that was true, but emotionally I felt disloyal, and that's why I never accepted your proposals. Then when mother and daddy called to say a new doctor I promised a cure, I knew I had to get out of your life because now Peggy would know. For a very long minute, his slitted eyes are Cap's only response until Faustus, manipulating, destroying lives like some ghoulish puppeteer. When I think of the people, he's hurt with whatever his stupid scheme is. His voice is inhumanly cold as his fellow Avengers divisions. I'm getting you all out of here. All of you. Where is, where is he holding Peggy? There's a special room in the tower. And he's gone, racing away from everyone on a very personal mission of vengeance and more. And he thinks to himself, Peggy Carter, Peggy, I thought I'd lost her, like I lost Bucky and everything else from the first part of my life. We only knew each other for weeks, but she was the first girl I ever loved and the last until Sharon. There's the tower. Sharon's sister. I should have guessed. They, they look so much alike. But how could I have known? Without even thinking about his new strength anymore, the grim adventurer automatically scales the rough stone wall. Well, that's impressive. He can climb a wall like Spider-Man. Yeah. Well, this is the, if you recall, this is the side effect from what the Viper's Venom, right? back in what I think it was around issue 158 sort of temporarily gave him some extra super strength. So there you have it. Climbing walls. No guard's going to catch me out here and no guard's going to stop me. If he does. Who who's there? The lights in my eyes. I, I can't make out who. And Peggy, Peggy, it's me cap. And he comes up and he takes the veil off her head. And there's Peggy Carter. And she's so happy to see Cap. She has tears in her eyes. And she says, Cap. Now, Bob, mm. this came out in 1973, which mm -hmm. is roughly 30 years mm -hmm. since the last time the two of them see each other. Mm -hmm. Right? So she's aged about 30 years. Yeah. And she was probably in her early 20s yeah during the war yep right yeah so how old do you think she is then well let's do the math rick right i mean that brings her up to uh you know, her 50s your age. right yeah she's your age Bob. so she's young and she's spry and she's still <laughs> full of life and vitality i think that's what you're trying to say <laughs> i'm looking at the way that he's drawn her and she does look um she's got a little white hair She's got white hair. Yeah, you know? she's got she's some got, white roots there. She totally has some white roots. Yeah, and she's yeah. got wrinkles and some uh, sagging jowls there. Mm -hmm. uh, she looks aged, Bob. Yeah. What so, I don't understand is, well, we'll get to this, I'm sure, in the comments. But right, we'll have to, we'll revisit this. Yeah. Between her and her, her younger sister. So. I just found it so amusing when i did the math before yeah, talking to you tonight right yeah and i was like oh she's about bob's age yeah 
Well, you know, and we got to like, let's, let's, you sort of briefly touched on it, right? And this is a little aside, but uh, Sharon's parents and, you know, as described in this story, Peggy's parents, I mean, her dad looks like, you know, I think what really immediately popped to my mind was uh, Alan Napier, who, who played uh, uh, the butler there for the Batman TV show, right? In the, oh, yeah. In the yeah, I can see that. Right? Yeah, he, he looks like like Alan Napier looked. Uh, and Not a sin, but yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? So uh, they her parents are quite elderly. Yeah. Right? Because they have a, what apparently is a 50-year-old daughter, Peggy. So I'm like, it does not quite explain Sharon. <laughs> so... Well, they try to explain Sharon later on. Yeah, now, much, yeah. Somebody had asked in the Facebook group right. recently yeah. and said, when did when did um, they change it from Sharon being her sister to Sharon being her yeah. niece? Yeah. I don't know the answer to that. I so, do. I know the answer to that. You do? I do. Yeah. Well, do share. Uh, as, as far as I know, that wasn't clarified until... Issue 25 of volume five. No. Yep. No, 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 no. I believe it was. I I totally I I I don't think that's correct because I, I always grew up thinking that Sharon Carter was her niece, and that was way before 2005. Huh. All right. Well, if you can, I, it may have been implied, but I don't think it was ever explicitly stated. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I mean, you know, you know what? I could be wrong. You know, there, Uh, I mean, obviously Peggy has only appeared. I mean, she's appeared in a few story arcs in, in Captain America, but she, I mean, she's appeared in other, other uh, books, you know, outside of Captain America. And she's been in some Avengers books and um, some other series along the way. So I'm pretty sure clarified elsewhere. I'm pretty sure Peggy Carter, um, was has after this issue ends up being in the series for like another like 30 some issues yeah here and there right yeah Yeah. sort of tangential you know yeah like she's kind of ends up being like a one of cap's helpers right you know part of of a team Yeah, yeah 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 so anyway that's just i just want her to be happy yeah so here's this spry looking uh energetic uh 53 year old (laughs) (laughs) at least i can get through a show without snacking man oh (laughs) to go there are you you to go there by the way all right Hold on now. (laughs) we've done 50 some episodes i have never snacked once well that is true Never that's snacked true. once. That's true. Okay. I'll, I'll attest to that. All right. Um, so Cap leans in and he kisses Peggy on the cheek. And he says, hello, mademoiselle. And he's thinking, I knew she would be all right. After I heard her talking again, I knew she was well enough to stand the shock of meeting me. They said you were dead, Cap. It's been a nightmare, Peggy. A long nightmare, but now, wait, I hear footsteps coming this way. And sure enough, there's a, a gang of soldiers coming up the, 
the stairs with guns. And Cap you know, has the door uh, cracked open. Careful, Cutler. The master said he saw Captain America on the monitor. I heard him too, Sturgis. But since nobody with a star on his chest came past us up the stairs all day, I find it hard to swallow. And then as they come in, Cap nails them with the shield. And a very Kirby-esque type of panel here. Mm-hmm. Swallowing won't get any easier either. You know what? I like that little play on words there. He's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm knocking your teeth out with this shield. You're not going to be able to swallow any easier. And um, Peggy kind of uh, sees, and she says, he ripped the door right off his hinges. But one of the guards who fell on the ground says, the fool yanked me into the room behind him while he still got to take on all the others. This is my chance. He picks up a gun to shoot Cap in the back, but Peggy's not going to have it. No, Mm. you don't, Fritz. I never saw a Nazi uniform like that before, but I'm not here for a fashion show. She takes a candlestick and hits him in the back of the head. And Cap thinks to himself, Nazi? Does she still believe this is World War II? If she does, I've got more problems than just these goons on my hands. She may want to fight at my side like the old days, not realizing her age. I've got to move into total offense, carrying the battle away from her. Heads up, mister. Captain America is coming through, and he does. He just piles through all the the soldiers. He's coming down the stairs of this mansion. It's the curse, my continuing curse, to have remained young while everyone around me turned old. Just me and the Submariner, he because of his hybrid body chemistry, and I because I was frozen. Only we have stayed as we were in the world of the middle-aged. Look at him. I'm coming down the stairs like Douglas Fanbanks on a good day. He don't act like he's even got his mind on us. Think we're punks, huh? We'll show him. You're right, Gunzels. I do think you're punks. Punks are shaking so hard they can't aim. If this were a shooting gallery, you'd never win a Cupid doll. But it isn't. So you'll win this one. And he takes one of the soldiers and tosses them into the rest. Very much like the bowling ball hitting a bunch of bowling pins. That polishes off the troops. Now I have to see if Peggy's all right and pray that there won't be any more obstacles to our getting the heck out of this madhouse. Faustus is too dangerous, Captain America. And he gets shot in the back of the head. Ah, and he's hitting with some sort of ray. At least you claim not to underestimate me, then although you most clearly do. My primal drive is to destroy your mind, Captain, but it's not an overpowering drive. I would have settled reluctantly for having my men destroy your body. Just as now, you force me to utilize a weapon instead of a theory, a weapon which will incinerate your brain. In a few seconds, when the pressure builds to the correct point, your skull will explode like an overripe melon. Thus, I end your mind only on a basic level. By ending your brain, but you won't be alive to care. And then we have Peggy, who was holding that candlestick she used to knock a guy out. Faustus, I remember he said he was helping me, but I see now it was a lie. I've got to do something. 
and she takes the candlestick and she throws it at Dr. Faustus. And this is all I can do. And she hits Dr. Faustus dead on, makes him drop the gun. I did it. I hit him. Cap, Cap, are you all right? Peggy, go back. And at this point, Dr. Wolfgang comes running up with a knife in his hand. He's coming running up the stairs. Finally, finally, I have my chance to prove that Herr Dr. Johann Wolfgang was not born to be an odd de camp. You have downed the head physician, which now you must face my knife and die. And just then, Peggy, with a karate chop, I see more menace than a Betty Boop cartoon, Bosch, and she knocks him out. That fool Wolfgang, he read her file. He knew she was trained spy at the time of her injury. As usual, Dr. Faustus must find the final answer. He goes to reach for the gun he dropped. But Cap puts his boot on his wrist. You won't find it here, Faustus. You'll have to go over me to get that gun. A pleasure, Captain. You beat me once before, despite my height and weight advantage. I would love a rematch. And he comes up to him and he's about to punch him, but Cap puts his shield up. Sure, Doc. And I don't doubt you could hurt me if you could hit me, but I'd be pretty stupid to let you. Tong! Just like you're stupid to let me hit you. And he comes with a right uppercut and hits him in the gut. And then the next panel, he does a right cross and knocks him out. He's flying back. And it's a nice panel from Sal Basima of Dr. Faustus flying backwards. And in the, in the, uh, the background, you see Cap coming through with his strike. But you haven't got a chance. This is for all the Carters. And Peggy comes up to him. It feels as if it's all over, Cap. All over for me at last. Is it? It depends on how you look at it, Peggy. Your bad dreams are all over. But your life is only beginning. And in a very odd way, there lies the man you can thank for. So we get to the next panel, and it's, it's after the fact. And Peggy's sitting in a chair. And uh, her mom is comforting her and her dad's there. And then there's Cap and Sharon, even Falcon. The mopping up operation is simple now. Faustus, Wolfgang, and all the others are piled into one of their own escape-proof cells. And then the good people gather to joyously celebrate the first happy day in a lady's life in many, many dark years. Cap, Sherry's told us how much you've done for her. But this... This I can never repay. Then you're lucky I don't want repayment, sir. Anyway, I only small addition to what Faustus began, and Peggy herself completed. Two daughters again. It's like a miracle. Like Mrs. Carter? It is. Yes, but I have such a long way yet to go with so many things to learn. Could, would Cap and the Falcon stay with me for a while? What's the verdict, partner? Can we put off going back to the city and our own various hassles there? The verdict's a big, fat yes, man. I kind of thought what was happening in my head was it, but compared to her, I'm a bushligger. A new chapter in Cap's life begins next-ish, Cap fan. 
and be here to share it with us. That was a roller coaster ride of emotion for me, Rick. Why is that? It's just the ups and downs. I mean, who knew that that was going to be Peggy? Oh, we didn't know. Okay. Well, Bob, enough. yeah. If you, if, you, <laughs> if you listen to the beginning of the podcast, I pretty much explain that. All right. All right. I wanted to give the illusion of uh, that we were all along for the ride as if we were reading it anew in, uh, in the 1970s. Yeah. So now we got a mess, right? We because- do. This is a mess. Because yeah. Cap loves Sharon. Sharon loves Cap. Mm-hmm. Peggy loves Cap. Yeah. Cap used to love Peggy. Yeah. Didn't know that she was gone. Yeah. So he's going to be conflicted, right? Yeah. Does um, Peggy does Peggy even know that Cap is Steve? No, because right. in issue 77 of Tales of Suspense, uh-huh. um, it was very clear, very clear that she said, I don't even know your name. Right. I, I haven't even seen you without your mask. Right. Is that love? No, it really isn't. <laughs> or you is know? that is that infatuation? You know, I mean Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, hey, what do they say? Any foxhole? <laughs> right, right, sure. <laughs> you know, I mean in yeah. the time of war. Any fox, you know, yeah. Right. And, yeah. and there's there's Peggy and Steve and yeah. in, in, in the middle of a battle, you know, for weeks, weeks. Weeks, yeah. Weeks could be three weeks, Bob. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It could have been three weeks. Could have been. Could have been 17 weeks for all we know, but it's yeah. referred to as weeks. Yeah. I mean, if it was 17 weeks, I would I would think they would refer to it as months. Yeah. So we're, we're talking not very long. Yeah. Right? She's never seen him without his mask. She yeah. doesn't even know his name. Heck, he didn't even know her name. Right? right. <laughs> so, <Sorry>. so... <laughs> Listen, if if you a lot of holes in this love story, if you are somebody who got to know Captain America through the MCU, yeah, right through the movies and the TV shows, and you're you're listening to this, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, they really made a lot of changes. Yeah, it's backwards, movies. right? Because like in the in the cinematic universe, you know, he has that one kiss with Sharon, right? There's a little bit of you know. There's a little bit of chemistry going on. He has that one kiss in what is it, Civil War, right? Or yeah, Civil War. And uh, what? But the, oh, you're talking about Sharon. Yes, right. That one oh, okay. kiss with Sharon in Civil War, you know, uh, under the bridge, you know, in the Volkswagen Beetle. And um, but the whole, you know, the whole the thing is is Peggy, right? Yeah, Maybe that's right. where he goes back. And so you you pick up the comic books and you're like, what is this? Yeah, yeah, the MCU, by the way, did a marvelous job. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed um, how they made Peggy different mm-hmm. in um, First Avenger, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, here she's she's British. She's working with the military. She, you know, falls in love with Cap and Cap with her. Uh, he's the love of her life. Uh, she ends up, you know, in the Peggy Carter TV series, um, ends up working for S.H.I.E.L.D., end up, you know, leading S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, she's a, a much different character in the MCU um, than in, in the comics. So it's interesting. And then if, heck, if you go, <laughs> Bob, if you go to the most recent volume nine, Peggy Carter is even completely different character. 
right? right. She's somebody who had been uh, raised by Agatha Harkness, who, you know, uh, was was part of different time periods and, you know, part of the sisters and all that kind of stuff. So it's it gets very convoluted. But and that's what happens when you have 80 years of history uh, or in this case, 55 years of history, um, you know, and different writers get a hold yeah. of it during that time. Yeah. But anyway, that was Captain America um, issues 161 and 162. Um, we thought there were good issues to, to, to go over and um, certainly salute um, Steve Englehart for taking these once used characters uh, in Dr. Faustus and Peggy Carter and going ahead and um, bringing them back. And both of them going on to, to be very, very pivotal characters in the Captain America mythos. Yeah. Um, you know, Dr. Faustus made the top 10 Captain America villains not named Red Skull for a reason. Yeah. You know, I mean, he ultimately ends up, you know, having a, a major um influence in captain america's life and his and, and his his extended family right, right. yeah uh, and this isn't the first this is, isn't the last time he's going to be messing with the minds of steve and sharon yeah that's right that's right and he's you know he's had he has a big role to play in the cap of uh, the 1950s exactly. story as well so yeah 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 <laughs> all right bob what, well, would, that... what, would, what would we do without retcons and, exactly, uh, and the unfolding stories that uh, they bring to us. A hundred percent. Well, Bob, I think, um, you know, we've been talking about this for weeks, but next episode, episode 52, we have the, uh, the privilege of our conversation, our discussion with legendary Captain America writer, Steve Englehart. Uh, folks, if you, you know, uh, don't if you if you only listen to one podcast in the next three podcasts this should be the one right yeah you don't want to miss it you don't want to miss it uh and who knows maybe we'll ask them hey why did you bring back faustus and uh peggy carter yeah i i think that question did get asked yeah um so that yeah it's a fun conversation so we highly uh highly recommend you, you check us out next episode all right, Bob. So I think that will end this particular episode. So uh, as always, I, I've had fun wrapping cap with you. It's been uh, interesting on many different fronts, Rick. Uh, I've learned a lot about you. Learned things I didn't know. <laughs> I learned. Uh, I might I learned... be editing out a lot <laughs> of that, Bob. <laughs> no, don't edit it out. It's uh, you know, it's part of the charm. It's 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 interesting. It's 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 good. It's it's, it's good stuff. And, uh, and we also learned a lot about Faustus and, and Peggy Carter. So, you know, overall, it's been it's been a win, win, win. You know, it's funny, Bob. Uh, we were recording this, obviously, after before uh, episode 50 makes it out. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I put a, a question out there in episode 50. I said very, very, you know, point blank to our listeners. Side notes, tangents. Uh, -huh. uh, yay or nay, you tell us, yeah, right? So, uh, until I hear differently, uh, yep. I think I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna yeah. keep doing these side right. tangents and, and have these extra long episodes until the fan, until the fan has spoken, 
Yes. But no, I, I seriously, I want to hear from everybody. Look, uh, we, we want to provide you what you want to hear. So if you say, Hey, Rick and Bob, uh, just stick to the comics, just stick to the interviews. We, uh-huh. we, we don't need to hear all this extra stuff. Uh, we'll do that by all means. We want to provide you what you want. But if you, if you, I don't know if, uh, if these little side stories, uh, amuse you or, uh, entertain or whatever, let us know that too. All right. Well, he's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbonis, and you've been listening to another episode of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast.